Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Peaceful Body Podcast. Today I am bringing to you an interview. Hello and welcome if you have not been here before. My name is Inez Bai. I am your host and welcome back if you have been here for a few couple of episodes. We are now well over the 100 mark, which I am so excited about and it's actually coming up to my one year anniversary of the Peaceful Body Podcast and I'm thinking about doing a little giveaway. So stay tuned for that. So today's interview, who am I chatting with? I brought on Bethany Pierce, who is someone um, that I did powerlifting with a few years ago. We had the same coach for a while and I just have loved seeing Beth's um, commitment and her work ethic to powerlifting. And so we have a good chat about the lessons we have learned through our training and how we've been able to apply that in other areas of our life, as well as some tips on mindset, body positivity, and just being the best version that you can. So I really enjoyed this episode with Beth. She is an absolute gem and I know that you will enjoy it too. If you do enjoy it, it would mean the world to me if you could take a screenshot and tag both me and Beth when you post it onto your Instagram stories so that we can get this episode and this podcast shared to as many peeps as possible because I love this message and I think that everyone should be able to experience the liberation and the joy and understand the privilege of moving your body that both me and Beth have really come to understand over the past couple of years of our own journey. All right, let's get started. Enjoy this episode and I cannot wait to hear what you think about it. Okay, I am here with Beth, who I met Hang on, let me. I, I should have thought about this earlier. My <laughs> earliest memory of you was definitely at a powerlifting competition. Can you remember when we first met? Um, I'm pretty sure it was when we did the end of year challenge. The first one. Oh, as the in first, my first one. one. But you'd already yeah. done one before. I'd done one, yeah. So that was when we stayed at that house in Brunswick, the big house. And that was the first time I'd met you. Oh yes. At the, um, so we went down to do like the end of year challenge at the strength fortress, which is in Melbourne and for a powerlifting competition. And we stayed in that big house in Brunswick, um, where they filmed the bachelor. Isn't that right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Mems. And honestly, I'm just like, I was so amazed at how strong you are and how passionate you are about powerlifting and still are like, how long have you been powerlifting now for? Um, I think this is my fourth year powerlifting as far as I can remember. Um, And yeah, I still love it as just as much as I did when I started. Yeah. Wow. Amazing. Mm. And I'm I'm obviously really excited to dive into that. But what I would love to know firstly is like, do you want to just tell us a little bit about who you are, where you're from and what you do, and then we'll get stuck into some more juicy. Yeah, (laughs) sure. Um, So I'm Beth, obviously. I'm from a small town in East Gippsland. And I am a personal trainer and a gym manager in um, a town nearby. Um, And I've been basically going to the gym since as long as I can remember, probably since I was like 15 Um, and just never really stopped. I've always loved it. I've loved fitness my whole life. And yeah. Mm. what else what else you want to know what else yeah yeah um I started going to the gym when I was like 14 15 as well and it was because my mum used to go to the gym what what led you to go to the gym first actually the same thing so yeah I went with mum um I started going with mum to curves I don't know if you ever went to curves yeah, like the all-female like <laughs> yeah 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 and how and was then- that uh yeah we well I grew out of that pretty quickly Mm. um 
and that's when I joined like the gym at the local aquatic center because there wasn't actually any other gyms in town. Um, and yeah, I never really looked back after that. I decided I wanted to do fitness, got a traineeship um, after doing my cert three, and that was at the gym that I'm at, like working at currently. Um, mind you, I did move to Melbourne in the middle of all of that and work at Virgin Active Burke Street. Um, which was an awesome experience as well. Like that really probably transformed me into more of the trainer I am now. Mm, yeah. Mm. Let's talk about that. What made, what, what was so transformative about that experience? It was just a really like fast paced environment. So basically we, it's kind of almost like a traineeship when you start working there. So you start with like a ridiculous amount of hours on the gym floor, just doing classes back to back, like consultations with clients, um, but it's just like you don't stop from the start. You start from the time you start your shift to the finish of your shift. You're just going, um, and then as time progresses, your hours start to decrease, and you move into just one-on-one personal training. Mm. But you you really have to perform. So you've got so many KPIs you've got to meet, um, and you have to hold a certain amount of clients before you can sort of move to the next level as well. So it really sort of just, I guess, taught me how to believe in myself more, you know, sell myself more and all of that sort of thing. Yeah. Mm, It sounds like it really threw you in the deep end as well. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Because when I started working as a personal trainer as well, probably a little bit less structured, but I worked in a really big gym where I was just like exposed to so many clients all the time. But I also started with doing classes. And for me, that was like a really good place to start because it meant that the members got to know your face and they became familiar with you. Um, And I think that like a lot of people are always asking me like how to build more confidence. And I think this is like a really good example for that because you could have waited until you felt like ready or until you felt like, Oh, I'm a good trainer now, then I'll go and get this job. Or you can mm. throw yourself in the deep end and get experience like that because that's what, like you said, that's what really helped you to believe in yourself and to be like, well, I have to make it work. Mm, yeah, definitely. Definitely. I think when, um, when I went for the job there, like I'd heard about like this gym um, was actually through my body balance training. Like I did Les Mills body balance and the girl who, <laughs> yeah. The oh girl God, who cool. did that. I can't imagine you doing that now. <laughs> I know. It's really funny. Like loads of people can't imagine me doing it. And then they see me do it and they're like, wait, you're really graceful. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> you you are graceful. I, yeah. Like even watching you set up for like bench or your squats, like everything is you, you're definitely graceful. Yeah. I can see that. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, it was basically her. Like she said, oh yeah, I, I do my classes at Burke Street, like Virgin Active. And I was like, what is this place? And then my parents moved to Melbourne and I did a workout there like before Christmas one year and I was like, no, I've got to work here. And so then I think when I got the job, I was just so like, I was so into it. Like I was so committed that this is going to happen. And I just said, I'd do anything that they wanted me to do. But yeah, it was a really big learning experience. Mm, And that's what you, how you have to approach situations. You've just got to like pour your heart and soul into it so that you can really like get the most out of it. Mm, Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. And so how long were you in Melbourne for? Um, just under 12 months. And that was because my now fiance wanted to come home. We moved home. (laughs) Yeah. So even that was like a big thing for me because I really didn't want to leave that job. Um, so coming home for me was, I guess, kind of a bit of a somber experience. Mm. Um, but now like it all worked out how it should. Yeah. Cause I can imagine that's a big transition to go from, 
being in a small town, then moving to Melbourne, which is like a pretty big city, I guess. And now coming mm. back to the small town, kind of more like, would we say it's country lifestyle? Like, I don't know. Oh yeah, very much so. Yeah. Very okay. much so. <laughs> I don't want to be like, you're a country. Yeah. 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 No, it definitely is. It's, it's all built like the whole area is built on farming and agriculture. So mm. it's very, very country. <laughs> yeah. And did you find that? Like, what do you prefer? Obviously now you live in the country, but. Um, I would say like, I definitely prefer it here. Um, I'd say we now have a very sort of coastal lifestyle because we live mm. like out of Bensdale. We live more closer to Lake's entrance, which is like, I guess the gateway to the Gippsland lakes and like we just were at the ocean all the time. Like, so I'd say, yeah, we live a lot more sort of coastal beachy lifestyle now um, since moving out of town. Yeah. And I, I, especially in, um, I mean, Melbourne's not very coastal at all either. No, no. Yeah. 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 I yeah. So. The ocean as well. mm, yeah. And like, that's what my partner's like. He's a surfer. So he has to be near the beach. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, amazing. I love that. So kind of switching tones a little bit here, here on the Peaceful Body Podcast, and you know me quite, you know, from my Instagram as well. Mm-hmm. I was having a little stalk through your gram doing my um, research before I was getting you on to interview. <laughs> and I noticed that you have the little like Aquarius sign in your bio. And I was like, this is my gal. I'm also an Aquarius. So I was like, let's yeah. open up and have a little bit of a chat because I feel like that's a really good way to get to know someone. Do you feel like you identify as an Aquarius, like with the normal traits? Um, For the most part, yes, definitely. Um, I'm also, I don't know if you've looked into rising signs at all. So I'm a Scorpio rising. Are you? Yes. And so like I really (laughs) identify with probably both of those. Like when you Mm. look into it deeper, like you go, oh, this makes sense why like I might not really match with that sort of parts of like, you know, the Aquarius star sign. Um, and that sort of thing. So yeah, I, when I've looked into both of those, I've kind of probably more so found myself in the two. Yeah. Mm, that's really interesting. I have a Scorpio moon. So you know what your moon sign is? I'm pretty sure my moon sign is Leo. Oh, do you mm. resonate with that at all? Um, yeah, definitely. And I actually find it really funny cause Scott, like my partner, he's a Leo. So ah. I find that really funny as well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That you have that kind of like similarity. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I love that. And I feel like, so like as an Aquarius myself, something that I really resonate with is like this constant need to do things in my own way, I suppose. And I don't really like to let other people tell me how I should do things. And in fact, normally if someone tells me, oh, this is how you should do it, I won't do it. Or even if I get instructions from something, I like to just kind of like figure it out myself. Would you say that you're mm-hmm. similar to that? Or would you say there's a more Scorpio tendency that you have to approach? No, I would definitely say I'm more the Aquarius in that, in that regard. Yeah, definitely. It's almost like someone tells you to do something. So you're like, "Hmm, I'm not going to do that anymore. (laughs) Exactly right. (laughs) So I'd actually love to know, like, how do you fit in that tendency with powerlifting, which is something that's so structured and you have to do things a certain way? Um, Yeah, that's a really good question. I've never thought of it that way. Um, I guess like part of me does also like the structure. Mm. Um, But I think like when I got into powerlifting, it really wasn't the norm. Like, you Mm. know, girls were in the industry, like they were lifting weights, but that was definitely still more like the bodybuilding, the physique and that sort of thing. And that's what all my friends were doing. And I was like, no, I'm going to be different. Um, So I think when I first got into it, it was definitely that kind of um, going against the grain, like, 
I felt a bit like a rebel, like, no, I'm going to do the opposite and get strong. So I think back then that really drove me. But now I think it's, I just like having the structure. I'm also very competitive. So mm. I think it's that, like, I'm going to get better. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I think that's what more drives me is the competitive side of it now. Mm, yeah, that's so true. Like if you were piloting four years ago, th- yeah, no, that was really when it was like kind of coming, it, like now it's quite fat, like trendy, I would say, yeah. piloting, but definitely four years ago, it was like, would have been quite um, like subverting the norm to be like, no, I'm just going to focus on my strength, even though now that's pretty normal. So yeah, I love that answer. That makes so much sense. Mm. Um, and powerlifting like how did you get into it like what was like was there someone that inspired you or yeah how did you start with it um so that's a, that's a good question as well um I got into it purely like when I first started coaching with Chrissy mm. um I was coaching more for aesthetics and I before that I was with another coach who was more of an aesthetic based coach as well and she sort of got me into like, did you ever hear of like the DUP or the like daily undulating fertilization? Yeah. So that was what got me into it because that sort of introduced me to the three main lifts. Yeah. And then I was like, Oh, I'm actually like, you know, I'm pretty strong. And that's when I started to sort of probably change who I followed on Instagram. Um, and like found some more like powerlifting based people. And I was like, Oh, I really like the idea of this. Like I'm going to, you know, go ahead with this. And then it was just like, one day um, emailing with Chrissy and she said, I want you to do a powerlifting meet. And I was like, okay, well, I want to. So yeah, all right, let's do it. And then I signed up to like just a novice comp in Sydney and did my first one. Um, Wasn't with Powerlifting Australia. And then, yeah, never looked back. (laughs) That's amazing. And so were you like nervous to do your first comp? Um, I think because the first one was a novice comp, not particularly like, I just sort of really approached it to go and have fun and um, just see whether I liked it. Um, So I wasn't as nervous for that one. I was probably more nervous for my first powerlifting Australia one because it was like, this is the real deal. You know, you're wearing a soft suit. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I've like only done PA competitions. Yeah. Yeah. No. So the novice one, I, we just wore like leggings and you had to wear a t-shirt obviously on bench. But other than that, it was, there was no really no rules. <laughs> wow, that's so random. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, because yeah, like for my first comp, I probably sat on the idea for like probably two years before I did it. And I think it wasn't actually until I like I had a powerlifting coach for a while, but it wasn't until until I started training with Chrissy that I felt a lot more I don't know, safer to do it for some reason. She just like really gave me like the kick up the bum because I'm probably would have waited for like, basically I was waiting for an invitation to do it as opposed to I was really nervous to be like, yeah, I want to do it because I guess if you like claim that's something that you really want to do, it kind of, I don't know, made me feel really vulnerable. So it was a really mm. good experience for me to, I can't even remember my first powerlifting comp, but I remember sitting on it for ages. Um, and yeah, so how many comps have you done now? Um, so now I've done trying to think eight I think wow yeah so I only did two last year yes I think eight yeah and hopefully some this year (laughs) fingers crossed I got my membership card in the mail the other day I'm like can I even use this this year (laughs) did you have any comps planned for this year 
Um, I did actually. So the plan was um, nationals in July. Yeah. How's that looking? Has it been cancelled yet or? I have no idea right now. Yeah. Just I haven't, I haven't actually looked. Yeah. I mean, take it day by day. What can you do anyway? It doesn't really matter yeah. if you know yet or not. It's still good to like train towards something. Exactly. Um, and so tell me like, what was the transition like from moving from training for like aesthetics and I guess, you know, burning calories and that kind of thing into more strength-based performance-based sort of training? Um, I think that was like, for me, that was a really healthy transition. Um, when I was training for aesthetics, especially probably through the time I was living in Melbourne, which I didn't actually have a coach, I was very obsessive over how many calories I'd burned, like, mm. you know, what my weight was, um, everything like that, like I very unhealthy. Um, and like my partner always likes to remind me of when I wouldn't eat carrots because I said they had too many carbs in them. Oh no. I mean, seriously. Um, so I think for me, it was a really healthy transition, taking that focus away from what I looked like or what the number on the scale was. Mm. Um, and it ended up being like a really natural transition, especially when I changed coaches. Um, I think when I changed coaches, I just went to this mindset of that I was all in whatever they said went and mm. like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to spend money if I'm not going to, you know, stick to this plan. Um, and so I think, yeah, it became a really natural sort of transition. I don't know whether like my mindset was just a better place also after having that first coach. I don't really know, but um, yeah, my mindset just completely changed. Mm, yeah. Well, I guess that's like the benefit of investing in a coach. It makes you do things that you wouldn't ne- normally do before. Like if you just mm. you know, research something online and I used to do this as well, where I would just like research something online and I'd like find a meal plan or I'd try doing some new training program and you kind of do it. But then because you don't really trust yourself, you don't really trust that you've chosen like the right thing to do. So it makes it really hard for you to be consistent. So do you find like, regardless of what the coach was, you had sort of a similar experience to that as well. Like kind of taking signing up to a coach and having that person to give you um, feedback or to give you their advice Mm. gave you that certainty that you needed to then progress and find what really made you tick. Yeah, definitely. Because I think like even if they tell you something that you already know, it's just Mm -hmm. like this is coming from a source outside of me. So this is, I just, I have to trust this. Whereas if it was me sort of like going, I know this, like I can do this myself. It's, I wouldn't have the same accountability. Mm. Um, even, even now, like I know so much more than like what I did when I started. Um, but like, I don't think I, like, I still think I have more trust in my coach than I do if I was to guide myself through it, which is really silly, but yeah. No, I, I mean, I think we all do better with more external accountability and support hundred percent. Like even for me, as I've transitioned from powerlifting more just into like general strength training, which was a really interesting um, transition. Cause I honestly thought, and I feel like, I mean, I guess you're still in like the middle of powerlifting and that kind of, you know, still competing and that kind of thing. But I really forgot that other people like just trained for strength. Like, and I guess mm. do you train clients that are powerlifting or more like general population. Um, I definitely train more gen pop. I've had like, a handful of clients that were doing powerlifting but like majority of the time the girls that I train they just want to they just want to train and build muscle like they don't really have specific goals or anything like that it's yeah 
Yeah. So I guess like I've always been within, because I've always been within that realm of gen pop clients. Mm. I've always remembered that people do still just chain because they want to. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, definitely. Like I just, when I stopped powerlifting, I had this like really weird moment of like, oh, does that mean I can still strength train? Because I was so <laughs> exposed to all of these people that were like powerlifting was like their entire life. And now I've kind of moved, moved into that. Um, and even though I have moved away from like powerlifting, I still have a coach because I still need someone to like, like, I know all the exercises like you do, but just for someone else to give you a plan and for you to just follow it, you're so much more likely to actually do it and feel more motivated to do it as well. Because I don't know, like if you've like every time you, you've probably had a break from like a program, you always are just like so ready for the next one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. hundred yeah. percent. And I think like if I, a similar thing, if I wrote my own programs, like I'd probably just go into the gym and go, I really don't feel like doing this today. Yes. So I'm just going to do this other exercise. And then I always said like, one reason I like having a coach is because like before when I used to train myself and go into the gym, I'd end up doing say like a leg session and I'd do every leg exercise under the sun and I couldn't leave the gym until I'd done that. Whereas now it's like, no, you go in, you do like a handful of exercises, you do them really, really well and that's it. <laughs> yes. So I'm not like, I'm not in the gym as long either. A hundred percent. And I think giving someone else the power to make your program kind of like allows you to just be like, okay, I'm going to trust that I only need to do this much instead of trying to be like, oh, well, I haven't done enough and I don't trust myself. So I need to do more. But it's like, if you really just allow someone and how you said, give them all the responsibility for like, you do my program, I trust you. And I'm just going to do what's there. It Mm. just like, yeah, it takes the pressure off you for being so like, I guess responsible for your results, not in the sense that like, you're not going to get as good results, but like, I think sometimes we, especially as women tend to like overdo it. If we feel like we have to like prove to ourselves that we've done enough almost. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally agree. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I sometimes wonder like what I'd be like now without a coach, like whether I could do it differently, but I don't know if I'm, if I want to find out yet. <laughs> Neither. Like I just, I'll, or I think I feel like I'll always have like some sort of fitness coach or programming or yeah, I just can't imagine it. And I think people really beat themselves up when they're like, oh, I'm not motivated to go to the gym. And I'm like, well, do you have a plan or do you have a program or do you have a coach? Mm. And they're like, no, I just kind of like try to figure it out on my own. And I'm like, you're literally making it so hard on yourself. And it's so exhausting to try and think of every single exercise that you do all the time. Like you don't go to school and then expect yourself to like figure it out and like just wing it and see what happens. Like you go to school and you get taught by someone that teaches you exactly what you need to do. And that's the same as having a coach. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And I also find um, like it's it's a means to learn more. Mm, like always, it's always remembering that you know you never know everything, and you can always learn something from someone. So that's what I also like. I look at it as like you know personal and professional development as well. It's something that I can then hand on to my clients. Um, yeah. So I've always said every good coach needs a coach. So I've always hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, I, I trained with Chrissy for almost two years, um, powerlifting and I learned so much from her because I would be sending my videos every single day. She'd be giving me so much feedback. Like we did so many competitions together. That mm. whole experience was like the most, it was, yeah, it was really, really, um, yeah, such a big like period of growth for me. And it's still lessons that I use to this day. And, and that was something I wanted to ask you as well about powerlifting. Like 
it's one of those things that really taught me the value of putting in work, like small, consistent effort all the time without getting instant gratification. And part of that is having that um, ability to like surrender and be like, I have done enough today and I don't need to like prove myself, like really just being able to like know more is not always better. And that's definitely been one of the lessons that I've taken into my work. You know, sometimes it's like, I'm just going to focus on two or three things and do them really well, like do them really quality and actually really focus on them as opposed to trying to do as much as I can and trying to do as many hours as I can. Or yeah, like it's literally just helped me having that lesson in powerlifting and then seeing it pay off in competitions as well. Like knowing that I actually didn't have to smash myself every single session. And actually it was going to be better for me if I didn't smash myself every single session and needing that like rest before competitions and then seeing myself being able to be so strong and so like primed for that moment. And it just really like, I still come back to that idea of like, wow, okay, that's the benefit of doing just enough, but not pushing even more. So would you say that you have like a lesson that you've learned from powerlifting, like, or a couple of lessons that you've learned from powerlifting? Yeah, definitely. Like I would say very similar, um, sort of thing like before I got into it you know I probably did believe that you know you had to smash yourself you had to be sore yeah um like you know you had to always feel the workout or the training session to actually get anything out of it whereas now like it's almost like less is more like you know you you go in you do the work work to you know your rpes and that's it like so I that's definitely like one lesson that's paid off for me. Um, and then I think just like, it's like you said, the delayed gratification, like you go in and you don't necessarily see like it paying off through months and months and months of hard work. And then you get to that, that comp day and you're like, wow, I am actually stronger. Yeah. Or even, even towards the end of a prep, like when you're hitting like those bigger numbers and you're going, last time I did this, this was so hard. So hard. Yeah. And I think like for me, the biggest one would have been hitting that 100 kilo bench because it yes. was like that was three years in the making and I was adamant that after like you know my first year of powerlifting that I was going to come back and do it in year two and when I didn't like I could have stopped like I could have given up there and gone you know this is just not worth it but I like persisted and I came back every year until I hit it and got closer and closer and you know there were so many people like I guess almost doubting like going oh like why don't you just try 100 now and I'm like because it's not it's not my time like it's not my time and I just kept saying that and waiting till comp day and I'm so glad that I you know stuck it out and did that because that's probably one of the biggest lessons you know to like just believe in it wait for it it'll come you've just got to work hard yeah yeah I love that and I love as well that you weren't um like trying to push yourself to make it happen even faster. And you weren't like, well, just because that hasn't happened yet doesn't mean it's never going to happen. So what would your advice be to someone that feels like they're on the verge of giving up and they feel like it's just like nothing's working? Mm. Um, I would just say stick it out. Like if you give up, you're not going to get there anyway. You're going to be even further away from your goal. Yeah. So like how, like it's not going to take that much away from you to just keep working and just keep trying like that would probably be my biggest advice like if you really want it it will happen so don't give up (laughs) yeah simple as that simple as that 
I, yeah, I couldn't agree more. Like I think sometimes people think that if they have, if they don't reach their goal, it's like a failure, which is a sign that they should like give up and try something else. But in reality, that's really when we just need to be consistent and follow the plan. And that's where it's obviously really good to have a coach because it's like, okay, follow these steps. And by this date, then we'll test. And then you can kind of see the end goal. Whereas if you don't have a coach and you do make a mistake or something doesn't work very well, it's very hard to kind of like think rationally and think, well, what should I do? That's actually going to help me to get closer. Mm. Yeah, like, and my other tip would probably be like, if you have so, if you have got a coach and someone to bounce off, like, reevaluate the situation with yeah. them and approach it from a different angle. Like, there's not necessarily one way to do everything. So, like, if if that way didn't work, well, then have a discussion and try it from a different, different like angle and do something that you haven't tried before. Yeah, like, 100%. that's probably something that I say to my clients like all the time. Like, they're going. They're chasing their tail and it's like, well, you haven't, like I keep saying to you to try this, but you know, you haven't tried that. So why don't you do something different, something that you haven't done before and see if it works. Like that's all you can do. Yeah. What do you think stops people from trying things that like new things? I would say a big one would be fear, like fear of the unknown. Um, Or they're like, sometimes I also say they're not ready. They're not ready to take that step. So that's holding them back. Yeah. Yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah. Um, and so on that note of obviously we know that it's like really important to be consistent and to work hard and to like not give up because like the end result will come. What would you say on the flip side? Do like do you feel like because yeah, I feel like you're someone that is very like, you know, you've been so consistent, you've been powerlifting for like four years now and you you just like love it and there's not really like an end in sight for you. Would you say that that like hardworking gene, I guess, that you have has given you like a lot of success in both your lifting and, you know, other areas of your life, I'm sure. Would you say that you've like experienced any sort of like burnout from that? And and have you like, what are your tips from like recovering or allow giving yourself that rest time too? Um, yeah, definitely. I actually think I probably burn out quite a lot. (laughs) Um, (laughs) so like for me, um, the biggest things like, I guess like, you know, if you can pick up on the cues of what your body tells you when you're burning out, um, to like get on top of it like earlier. So for me, I'm a, I'm an introvert. So I Mm. get a lot of energy from being alone. Um, so that would be like, a big one for me sort of just to take a step back um, from sort of socializing, being out in the world, especially being in such a social sort of job. Mm. Um, So whether that's, you know, come home and like have a hot bath and just sort of kick back and relax. I find um, meditation is a big one for me. So like meditating before I go to bed, like just switching off my brain and like relaxing my body because I tend to hold a lot of tension. Like I just tense up. so like those two things are probably my biggest go-tos um other than that it's a bit like we were talking about before like almost like what we're going through now like with this time you know being able to go for those walks um Mm. and just have time like just have time to yourself those those are probably my most important things going to the beach yeah um but it's yeah it's making sure that i can realize the signs of my body and like the burnout and get on top of it before it happens. Mm. Mm. Yeah, for sure. So when you're like prepping for a comp, 
it's obviously very taxing for your body. Are there some like rituals that you have like in the lead up to a comp that really help you to feel like you're in the best frame of mind, but also feeling like really good in your body? Um, yeah. So probably similar, like similar things to what I just said. So I would definitely increase like the amounts of like baths I have and like mm-hmm. utilizing like Epsom salts and that sort of thing. Um, I will always get like massages and stuff coming into competition, but like not relaxation ones, like, you know, painful deep tissue massage. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, sort of stay on top of like any niggles and injuries, like before they sort of happen. Um, and then the other thing would be like not overdoing general activity. So like with my job, it is very active. Like I do run classes and that sort of thing. So I guess like with those, I try to take a step back and just sort of more coach the classes as opposed to participate um, and just try to keep my training just to the five days a week and, yeah, not like go too hard on myself in that time. Yeah. And how do you feel like you've been able to make that transition, I guess, from someone that was always like, oh, I've got to do more and I've got to exercise more and I have to like, I don't know, I guess be as active as possible into someone now that has a much more balanced approach and is able to be like, no, I'm going to be less social. I'm going to move less. I'm going to have more bars. Um, I think knowing like the end result mm. and the outcome that it's going to bring um, for me. So I think that was where having a like goal focused sort of approach to my training. Um, if I do too much of all those other things, it's not going to pay off the same way. Mm. So it's knowing that, like, I guess it's that same thing that I said before that less is more. So if you do too much, it's just, you, you're going to burn out. You're going, you're probably not going to, um, come into competition in your best, you know, primed state. Um, so yeah, it's definitely the end result and knowing that that smaller amount of training is more beneficial in the long run. Mm. And how would you, um, I guess, give that same sort of advice, but for someone that isn't necessarily coming into competition? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I guess I try to put more of a life spin on it. So it would depend on their situation and that sort of thing. Um, Like I've had clients in the past that, you know, they've had probably a very similar mindset to what I used to have. So I usually try to find something within their life that, you know, they can relate to that if they don't make a change, it's going to impact. If if that makes sense, like that's very open, open ended, like sort of answer, but. No, I but love probably, that. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Sometimes we need something like outside of ourselves to give us a little bit of perspective to be like, oh, okay. Even though I think I need to feel a certain way and I need to like be really struggling or really like working out as hard as I can, how is this mm-hmm. actually going to impact my life? And is it taking away from the quality of my life as well? And this is something I always talk about with my clients in terms of their diet. Like I feel like there's always going to hit a point where, yeah, maybe you could diet more and maybe you could, you know, be stricter with your food. But is that actually then like surpassing the quality of your life. So it's like finding Mm. that balance and constantly reminding yourself of the life you actually want to live and giving yourself the permission to do that. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess it's like finding um, almost something that triggers emotion in them. So Mm, talking to them about like, well, wouldn't you rather experience this with your family and your loved ones over feeling restricted and 
you know, a bit of an emotional, emotional, emotional mess Mm -hmm. because you're restraining yourself. Like I would rather enjoy time with my family and have those life experiences as like, well as, you know, the fitness level and I guess aesthetics that I want. Like, why can't you have both? hundred percent. You get to have both. And I feel like oftentimes we overcomplicate it so much more. And that's something I was going to ask you. Do you feel like having this, um, like having a program and kind of like going, like just fully trusting it has helped you to trust your own body and listen to your body more as well? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. Um, like I would say my whole like perspective on my, my body, my aesthetics, everything has changed from like what it was back then. And I, I look back now and I go, I don't know what my problem was back then. Mm. Like I just, I can't comprehend it anymore. Yeah. It feels yeah. like when I think about like back in the day when I like wouldn't eat food or I would like have a freak out if I missed like one gym session, I'm like, I can't even relate to that anymore. Like I can remember what it felt like, but it also feels like I'm thinking about like a totally different person because it just feels so mm-hmm. removed from my life right now. And that's, what I was saying, like oftentimes we complicate things so much and we think that people are going to judge us for doing certain things or not doing certain things or looking a certain way when in reality, no one really cares. And the best way that you can like, I don't know, enjoy your life is to figure out how to be like authentic. And that's really hard to do when you're exhausted from dieting and training all the time. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I, I sometimes like look back now and I'm like, I think people almost like, not that I like to look at judgment or anything like that, but I think people almost judged me more back then because I was so restricted and And like my family still doesn't let me live that down. They're like, Oh, are you tracking that? And I'm like, no, I'm not actually (laughs) like, like they, they all know what I was doing. Yeah. Yeah. My parents used to say that to me as well. Like they're like, whose daughter my parents would be like whose daughter are you like no one taught you to eat like this because like my sister always I've had her on the podcast a few episodes ago and she just has like such a chill attitude she was like I'll take a week off from the gym if I'm stressed like whatever you know but it's still really athletic whereas I went through this whole like obsessive phase and my parents always just like we don't even know like where did you pick that up from and I'm like well here I am on the other side like (laughs) Mm, yeah 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 exactly um and what do you wish you knew when you like first started out in your fitness journey? Um, that's a good one. Again, um, I wish I knew that I could just be happy with, with what I had, you know, that's probably what I would say, like that I could ha- be happy within the skin that I was within and that like, you don't need to actually change anything about your body to be a good person a caring person, like all those sorts of things. Like, and I mean, my mum used to try to tell me it when I was younger, like, yeah. you know, you'll be thankful for those big thighs one day. And like, here I am powerlifting. And I'm like, yep, love I, I get it, mum. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I love that. Do you feel like, cause if I think back to my fitness journey, I feel like I struggled for a really long time. And then it wasn't like I had like a one light bulb moment or one pivotal day where everything stopped. But I feel like one day I, I obviously did a lot of work myself and, you know, was very introspective and got um, support from the right coaches and was really exposed to their lifestyle and their approaches and also made sure that I was like curating my social media so that I wasn't just following. Cause I used to follow like bikini girls to be like, Oh, it's motivation. When in reality it was just me like beating myself up for not looking like that. 
But mm-hmm. then it kind of just like one day everything fell into place and I started to wake up and I was just like easier for me to be in my own body. Do you feel like you were like that? Or do you feel like you actually did have like a pivotal moment where you were like, I don't know, where something happened that actually changed things for you? Um, no, I think it was just sort of like a bit of a journey. Like mm. I just slowly sort of came out of it, I would say. Um, definitely the more I got into like specific strength training, the more my mindset changed. So I think it was just literally slowly taking that focus away from wanting to change my physique to just wanting to be better in general, you know, feel better, whether that's look better, I don't know. But like just literally focusing on more of a more of a strength perspective just slowly changed. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I love mm. that. I think because I think sometimes people can get really frustrated on their own journey when it's like, oh, I'm doing all this work and I'm focusing on strength training and I'm trying not to think about my body too much. And it's like sometimes you just have to go through the motions a little bit more and, and then you do get to this point one day where you're like, oh, I'm not as phased by it as I used to be. Mm. Yeah. You know I mean? Yeah. And I think it's just like I said before too, just sort of if you've got someone that's helping to support you through it, like what, what have you got to lose to just do what they say? Mm. Like try something different. Don't do any more. Like stick to the program and see what the outcome is. Like, yeah. Yeah. Cause what's the worst that's going to happen? That's what I often say to my clients, whether mm. they're worried about um, a new training or a new diet, or even like if they're worried about changing jobs, I'm like, what is the worst that's going to happen? Cause oftentimes we'll avoid thinking about that. Cause we're like, Oh no, like, you know, got to stay positive. And it's like, no, like let's go into it. Say if something really, you know, the worst that could happen is maybe you gain a couple of kilos or maybe you hate that job or maybe you have to move back home. Are you going to survive it? Probably like, and then you'll be okay. So it's actually sometimes really helpful to like go into like the worst case scenario and actually create a little bit of a plan of attack and be like, okay, well, if this does happen in the unlikely event, at least I'm prepared for it. You can take a little bit of comfort in that. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I love that. I love that. Um, okay. Was there anything else that you wanted to add before I dive into some rapid fire questions? No, I don't think so. I think we've covered most of Yeah. We've covered a lot. I love it. Okay. So three questions. Number one, what is something that you're working on within yourself at the moment? I didn't read that one before we started. That's a good one. Um, I would say, and it's probably actually been something I've been working on for quite a while, is just believing in myself more. Um, I think for a long time I would doubt myself whether it was academically, um, even like with the powerlifting before I went into that, like I think I really doubted myself with it and just held back for a lot longer than what I should have. Mm. Um, So I think it's, yeah, just believing in myself, backing myself. And it's a bit like you said, what's the worst that's going to happen? Like just try it. and. if you fail, you fail. If you succeed, well, that's awesome. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, definitely Great. believing in myself. And that's just in every aspect of life. Like, yeah, work, study, everything. Yeah. Yeah, I so agree. I think we get so focused on like, oh my God, what if it doesn't work? And what if it fails? And what if people like laugh at me? But it's like, things are as likely to fail as they are to succeed. And more mm-hmm. likely to succeed if you just have this attitude of like, whatever. And if I think we get really um, attached to the outcomes of things. And that's something that I've definitely been working on a lot within myself is like 
when I put something out there, whether it be on social media or I put something out there to a friend to practice saying things without expecting any sort of response and actually practice saying things, expecting that maybe they won't be happy with it, but being able to like not take it personally. Like that's something, yeah, that I've been really working on too. Yeah. 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 Love it. All right. Next question is what's your favorite food? Um, My favorite food. Well, I'm a massive foodie. So (laughs) you and me both. (laughs) I just love all food, but I would say overall, I'm probably like a massive sweet tooth. Mm. Um, So anything sweet. Like if I went out to brunch, like it'd be French toast or pancakes or mm. that sort of thing over a savory option. <laughs> yeah. I love sweet food. So what's like the m- recent best, like sweet brunch you've had? Well, considering we're in our isolation at the moment. <laughs> Take your mind back. Um, well, on the weekend I made my own French toast and that was pretty mm. good. Um, That's such a but, good idea. Because it's yeah, not yeah. to make, is it? No, it was really easy. I've actually never made it at home like before, but yeah, it was so easy and it was really good. So, but taking myself back would be, well, it was like we went out for brunch like a little, like a week or so before this all happened um, at one of my favourite cafes in Bensdale and I got French toast and it was a pumpkin and salted caramel like French toast and it was amazing. Wow. That sounds cool. Yeah, it was really right. good. Pumpkin and like in sweet stuff. Interesting. I can see how it would work. Yeah. I don't really know how they worked the pumpkin into it, but it was in there somewhere and it was really good. <laughs> Love it. Yum. I'm not a sweet breakfast gal, but I am a dessert gal. I probably eat waffles for like dessert. I have waffles like all the time. Yum. So good. Oh, I'm going to throw in like a rogue third question because I was going to ask you before, but I don't think I did. Um, obviously now we are all transitioning to training at home more except for maybe a few of those that have gyms um what would you like what kind of tips are you giving to your clients or what kind of tips you have in general for adjusting to this transition of working out in a gym to now at home more often um so probably one of the biggest tips i've been giving my clients through this stage is not to stress too much about um say cutting or building Mm. muscle Mm-hmm. in this stage like I'd say the like the most important thing is is that we want to maintain so we need to adapt our training in order to maintain muscle through this time you know go back to maintenance calories just focus on staying where we are so that when we come out of this we can go either way um so that I feel like that can be adapted to anybody whether you've got a gym at home whether you don't have a gym at home just focus on maintaining what you've got now Mm, yeah, I think maintenance is, I say this all the time, is such an underrated goal that most, especially women, never just like allow themselves the ability to maintain their body, especially and just be like, yes, I'm, con- yes, maybe I want to change, but I'm also just going to allow myself to be content in this moment, knowing mm. that that doesn't actually stop you from then making changes in the future. And right now is not the time to be setting any world records or making massive changes to your body. And if Mm. you actually just allow yourself to maintain now, it kind of provides you that like grounded structure that we are all really craving. Yeah. And I think it just takes so much pressure off being in like a maintenance Mm. phase, like not just off like, you know, yourself mentally, like physically takes so much load off your body. Like your body, like that's a, that's its happy place. That's where it should sit majority of the time. I think we're always focused on either getting more muscle 
or cutting. And it's like, just let yourself have a middle ground, like have a rest. Yeah. It's the best thing ever. I mean, I've been maintaining for like two years now and I freaking love it. And it's just like, Same. it's so liberating. <laughs> yeah. It's just so chill, especially when you've spent so much of your life already dieting. It's like, I understand what that's like. I've been through it enough. Not saying I won't ever do it again in the future, but it's also, it's really giving yourself the permission because everyone else can tell you to maintain, but it's not until you give yourself the permission and make like a, a decision of like, yep, I'm going to allow myself to do it. And then you can re- be really present and just enjoy it a little bit as well. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. All right. Last question is what does having a peaceful body mean to you? Uh, it means so much to me. Like I think because I know for a good 20 years of my life, I always wanted to change or be different or look a different way. So I think having like the mindset of that, I'm just 100% like happy with where I am. I have so much love for myself. It's not funny. Um, It's so liberating. And I just wish everyone like, like I wish it on everyone. Like I wish everyone could feel that way at one stage in their life, just hands down best feeling ever. It means so much. Mm, I so agree. Yeah. It's just, I think as well, like you have like an even bigger understanding and appreciation for it when you've been on the other end of the scale of being like at war with your body, which is like the opposite of being at peace. Mm, Yeah. Mm. Yeah, definitely. Love that. Cool. All right. Well, I love this chat. Um, Thank you so much for coming on and sharing and being so open. Um, Where can people like find you if they want to ask you any more questions or just like soak up more of your goodness? Um, So the main place people can find me would definitely be on Instagram and it's just Beth Pierce Fit. Nice and simple. Oh yes. And you can go and see your juicy hundred kilo bench. Actually, Beth is so strong. So just go and follow her Instagram. It'll give you some nice inspiration. We can live vicariously through you. (laughs) (laughs) that's awesome (laughs) all right well thank you so much for coming on thank you so much for having me